This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Sonia was born into a loving family in Tala, where she'd hang out with her two sisters. And when they got older and both had children of their own, they became even closer. Sonia gave birth to a baby boy, Jake, who she became the sole carer for. After a tricky and obsessive breakup, Sonia was looking to have fun and meet new people to take her mind off of things. One day, she received a Facebook message from a man called Shane Cully. The pair started talking and the conversation soon turned intimate. They would talk often and one day, decided that over the coming weekend, she was going to go and meet Shane at a hotel to spend the night with him. On the 15th of February 2014, Sonia spent the day celebrating her son's third birthday with her family, and then that evening, asked her grandma to look after the three-year-old as she had plans. At around 8pm, Sonia made her way to the Plaza Hotel in Dublin. She checked in and went upstairs to the room. Once inside, she got a message from Shane, who told her she should leave a keycard at reception so that he could get inside. But she messaged back saying not to worry. She was already there and she could just let him inside. But Shane insisted. I don't know what excuse he came up with to make her do this, but he did manage to convince her. Sonia's phone records showed messages at around midnight between the two of them. Sonia typed that she was really nervous because she'd never done anything like this before. At 11.58pm, she texted Shane, You close? Falling asleep here. Although Shane didn't have his phone on him to see that text, CCTV tracked a man picking up the keycard left at the desk and heading up in the elevator towards the third floor. The man entered the elevator looking relatively normal, but by the time he got to Sonia's floor he put a cap on to disguise himself. This is Red Rum, stories about the true victims of crime. Sonia Blount The next day, Sonia's family began to grow concerned when they didn't hear from her. Sonia's sister Claire became worried the moment she realised that Sonia hadn't called her grandma to check in with her little boy. If she was ever away from him, the first thing she'd do in the morning would be to call and speak to him to make sure that he was okay and that he heard her voice. Claire didn't know what to do, so she grabbed her brother and the pair headed to their mum's house to start contacting Sonia's friends to find out where she was and if anyone had seen her. Meanwhile, across town at the Plaza Hotel, Housekeeping staff were alerted to Sonia's room after she'd failed to check out by 3pm. They entered the room and inside, they found a terrifying scene. Lying on the bed and the floor were cable ties and duct tape. Sonia had been subjected to a horrific ordeal, which had ended in her being strangled to death with a mobile phone cable. By this point, Sonia's sister Claire had been with her brother in the car when he pulled up a live update on his phone. He turned to her in the car and she could tell straight away from his face that something was wrong. 
He said that a body had been found. Sonia's dad, Chris, drove straight to the hotel and that's when he saw Claire's car was parked outside. He knew in that moment that the body found was the body of Claire. It was also whilst the family were waiting outside the Plaza Hotel that Claire got a call from someone at work. They told her that Sonia had been planning to meet a guy that she'd met through Facebook. Claire thought this was odd, she hadn't heard anything about a guy, so she knew it couldn't be that serious and it was completely out of character for Sonia to go and meet someone that she'd never met in person before, especially for the first time in a hotel. She asked this work friend who that person was if they knew the name and they did. They said the Facebook message initially had come from a man called Shane Cully. Whilst this was all going on, the authorities had been called to the scene and they discovered an array of forensic evidence. Although they would need this in their investigation, they actually didn't need this to make an initial arrest because later that same day, A man had entered the local station and he told the guardie that he was the one responsible for Sonia's death. Even though he had initially said this, after his official arrest, he decided to plead not guilty to her murder. The man was 33-year-old Eric Locke, otherwise known as Shane Cully, and he knew Sonia well. The pair had worked together at Henkel Loctite, a glue company, and not long after they'd met, they started spending more and more time together and decided to start dating properly. One evening, well into their relationship, Eric surprised Sonia with tickets to a nearby comedy show. The pair went, and the evening went smoothly at first, but at some point during the evening, Sonia had headed outside to have a cigarette. While she was outside, she got talking to a few other people. It wasn't long before Eric emerged from the comedy club and came over to Sonia and the few other people milling about. Straight away, it was clear that Eric was not in a good mood and he told her he thought she was a slut. He asked her what she thought she was doing with all of these men and then he became physical with her, grabbing her arm and trying to pull her over to the side of the street. Sonia was furious Eric had put his hands on her and that he'd had such an extreme reaction to her doing nothing wrong. She didn't even know him that well. She'd been in an abusive relationship before, and the very next day, she told Eric to leave her alone. She texted him and broke things off with him immediately. She had to think about herself and her little boy. Eric did not take the breakup lightly, and he started harassing Sonia. At first, he tried to get her attention at work, saying he didn't mean it and he'd make it up to her. But Sonia didn't want to know. Soon after that, however, Eric changed tact and he started to call Sonia at all hours. And one night, he said he was going to a local hotel and he was planning to end his life. Sonia immediately called the guardie and told them what was happening and that they needed to go and check on him, which they did. But... They didn't find him at that hotel that he said he was going to. They found him at a local coffee shop next to the hotel, where he told them he'd never been serious about what he'd said to Sonia. He was just doing it as a joke. Eric ended up writing Sonia a long letter, begging her to forgive him and give him a second chance, but she could feel him becoming more and more obsessive and asked him to just leave her alone. 
She said that it did freak her out how he would stare at her at work and ask him to please stop doing that. She tried to placate him. She never became aggressive or rude to him and she was always trying to see his side. She told her friends she felt sorry for him and knew he was suffering mentally. On Saturday the 8th of February, just a week before Eric murdered Sonia, the pair exchanged some final text messages. Then, on the Sunday, Eric had asked his own sister to put him in touch with her friend to see if he could help in hacking Sonia's Facebook page. He said, quote, I need a favour. I'm back with that girl. She's ripping me off behind my back. He went on to say that he'd been told by two different people at work and needed to know if it was true. That way, he said, he'd know to stay away from her. But his sister's friend said the Facebook page was private so nothing could be done. Eric's sister then told him to either talk it through with Sonia or just walk away and be done with it. But Eric was not up for that and he actually went on to ask if her friend could hack into Sonia's email instead but she said no. Also, Sonia hadn't even introduced her family to Eric. Her sister Claire said the relationship wasn't that serious. If it had been, they would have met him. After this, when Sonia had gotten that first message from Shane, Cully, from that Facebook account, she told a few of her friends about him and about what she was planning to do in going to that hotel with him one night soon. Sonia's friends had all been a little bit sceptical about this new man who'd been messaging her. The man she'd only ever spoken to by online messaging, Shane Cully, had randomly popped up on her Facebook one day and was telling her all the things she wanted to hear. Even they were worried at this point that perhaps Shane wasn't who he seemed to be. They asked Sonia if it might be Eric in disguise and she agreed that it was off how he'd just happened to come into the picture the moment Eric stopped pestering her. She said she'd check by asking him to take a selfie and she did so and a few moments later a selfie of Shane popped up in Sonia's messages and that satisfied her. She believed Shane really was Shane. The murder trial went ahead with Eric's defence being his mental state and a psychiatrist testified that he had pervasive developmental disorder. The psychiatrist stated that he believed Eric lacked empathy and had symptoms of ADHD and that when asked to describe himself, Eric had said that he was a quote lovely person, genuinely peaceful. Another psychiatrist called to testify said that this defence wouldn't hold up They stated that any mental disorder Eric did have didn't diminish his responsibility and that the crime showed clear premeditation and uncontrollable rage. The psychiatrist did not accept Eric having a, as he put it, out-of-body experience at the time of the crime. When Sonia had blocked him on Facebook, he'd made the Shane Cully account so that he could continue speaking to her under the guise of a brand new man. He also told his sister that Sonia had taken him back and the two were getting on well and back on track. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
The prosecution showed CCTV of Eric entering the hotel and getting in the lift. By the time the lift doors opened up on Sonia's floor, he'd put a hat on, presumably to try and disguise himself in some way. He'd taken the keycard out of his pocket and then he'd entered into Sonia's hotel room 346. Eric's statement at the time of his arrest was used in court. He said that he'd gone into Sonia's hotel room and although she was initially shocked that he was there, the pair ended up having sex. He went on to say that he tied her to a chair with the intention of keeping her still while he explained himself. He said this plan had gone wrong and so he ended up using her own t-shirt to keep her from making any noise and then strangled her with a phone cord. The attack was violent and Sonia suffered broken bones, bruises and cuts and she had also scratched Eric a number of times. The prosecution outlined the lack of any kind of history of mental illness and they finished with their closing arguments. Ultimately, the jury didn't believe the diminished responsibility through mental illness defence and Eric was found guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison. A family friend spoke after the verdict and sentencing had been completed. A special word of warning to everybody using social media sites. We urge you to please be cautious and be aware. It is so easy to set up false profiles. Sonia made an error of judgment and paid for this with her life. We would also like to thank the jury for the unanimous timely decision and for seeing her murderer as the lying manipulative person that he is. For this our family is so grateful. Sonia was an innocent, beautiful, kind, caring person and a mother who was sadly missed by all of us who knew her and loved her. And her sister said that the trial left many questions unanswered and she feared that the family would never have closure. Quote, How much did she suffer in her final moments? What were her final words? Nothing can be undone. We will never have our beautiful Sonia back. 